0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Just before we get things underway, I just want to let my listeners and friends in the United States know, as much as it can help, which is probably not a goddamn I am thinking of you, the images and videos that I'm seeing come through of the carnage in the many great cities in such great country are truly disturbing, to be quite honest. But anyway, do whatever you've got to do to stay safe and to go about your daily life and as relatively a routine manner as possible. Otherwise, what can I say? I just hope that what I do here helps, even just a little bit. So, to the matter at hand, which is a career retrospective of Trey from Morbid Angel. This originally went to air in August of 2017 on Brisbane Community Radio, 4 Z Digital. Because it was done in 2017, it doesn't include Kingdom's Sustained. Well, I think it does actually, toward the end. There's one song that was released at the time that I actually recorded the broadcast, but otherwise it took me tens of hours to actually go through deep dive into Trey's career. Of course, he's only ever been in Morbid Angel, but to dissect what I felt were the most significant cuts throughout a truly meritorious career. So here it is, Trey Xagto from Morbid Angel, the career retrospective as it was originally broadcast on 4 Z Digital in August 2017. Welcome to Scars and Guitars on 4 zzz Z Digital. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith and I hope wherever you are and whatever you are doing, you are well. This is my second episode, so I want to welcome you to what I certainly hope is an inspiring and rewarding listening experience. The premise of each show is to dive deep into an artist's catalogue of music, highlighting career-best performances, recordings, and uncovering aspects of their work that are less celebrated. The subject on today's episode is George Michael Emanuel III, better known as the brilliant death metal guitar virtuoso, composer and producer for Morbid Angel, Trey Azagthoth. The man is shrouded in mystery. There are but a few interviews with Azagthoth on the information superhighway, and many of those predate 2003, the year the Morbid Angel album, Heretic, was released. It is fair to say that gaining an insight into the man himself presents a challenge. I was very fortunate to speak to longtime bassist and frontman for Morbid Angel, David Vincent, for an episode of the Scars and Guitars podcast series this year. David is a gentleman, and he humoured my many questions about former bandmates and musicians that he's worked alongside. When I asked for his views on Azigtoth, his response was that, Trey is a very creative guitar player. There is no doubt about that, and I will always respect that. Now, I couldn't blame Vincent for offering a short response to my query given he'd parted ways with Aziktoth under what we can assume were frictious circumstances. If nothing else, it was interesting to hear that Vincent even mentioned Aziktoth's guitar playing when I asked for the quote. As Vincent alluded to in his comment, What we as an audience do know about Aziktoth, we know about by and large through the man's outstanding guitar performance on Morbid Angel Records. What about the music then? Death Metal. That's the universally acknowledged genre associated with Morbid Angel. Death metal is defined as a subgenre of heavy metal, with a prominence of down-tuned guitars, double-kick and blast beat drumming and percussion, gruff or hoarse vocals, and an image typically associated with death, destruction, anti-religious themes, and the less savoury aspects of life. Morbid Angel's take on death metal includes lyrics and song titles steeped in the imagination of H.P. Lovecraft. Almost constant double-kick drumming by the simply unbelievable El Salvadorian-born drummer Peter Sandoval. Vincent's bass lines by and large follow the root note of the melody that the guitar is playing, however, he does offer an occasional burst or a fretted trill for a sonic surprise. Vincent also offers a gruff vocal that occasionally incorporates an excellent deep bass clean singing style. Then of course there's the man of the hour, Toth. What about his... Hendrix meets Van Halen-inspired riffage and guitar soloing. What I just mentioned there is what makes Azkthos' guitar playing so unique. Very few guitarists in death metal, certainly only a few guitarists from the same era that spawned Morbid Angel, could lay claim to be as multidimensional. So how is he multidimensional? Rapid sweeps of the fretboard are then built into Van Halen-esque guitar solos, clearly definable riffs that are both memorable and brutal. Indeed, many of Morbid Angel's best riffs can be neatly transposed to an acoustic guitar. He has a precise technique with his fretting hand, which features numerous slides and vibrato, evoking feeling and rich emotion that contain the essence of Azokto's brilliance. The guitar is held higher than many of his contemporaries, so the picking hand is often set above the waist. Similar to a fingerstyle bass player in fact, the picking hand is responsible for the ferocity through impeccably crisp and even alternate picking strokes. Toth style is near impossible to mimic. Bill Hudson and Ira Black are doing a tremendous job in the David Vincent vehicle I Am Morbid. I Am Morbid is the band that Vincent put together with drummer Tim Young, who performed on the controversial Morbid Angel album from 2011, Elude Divinum Insanus. The premise of I Am Morbid is to perform classic album cuts taken from Morbid Angel's first four albums. Do check out the videos of the band's performances that are posted to YouTube. Azak Toth is important, not just to death and heavy metal, but to guitar playing in general. His legacy is firmly established through Morbid Angel's first three albums: 1989's *Altars of Madness*, 1991's *Blessed of the Sick*, and the big one, 1993's commercially successful *Covenant*. *Covenant* is an album that many fans of traditional radio rock accepted as their first and probably only foray into the world of extreme metal. Old Teddagate, part of the show. discussing the brilliance of covenant the final cut on the album god of emptiness is a landmark song and it is a fitting number to play first up so here it is god of emptiness from the 1993 album covenant songwriting is credited to trey zagtoff just heard God of Emptiness from the 1993 album from Morbid Angel, Covenant. The songwriting is credited to Trey Azagthoth. Morbid Angel was formed in 1984 in Tampa, Florida by Xagtoth alongside drummer Mike Browning. Browning left Morbid Angel before the recording of the album that is universally understood to be the band's debut for Combat and Earache Records, the seminal Altars of Madness. Browning is still active through his project Nocturnus AD, which is a legacy act of the prog death metal band Nocturnus. Nocturnus achieved cult status among metal fans due to the 1990 release The Key. This is an album that features cosmic and sci-fi themes overlaid on an occult narrative. Browning did record vocals and drums for what was intended to be Morbid Angel's debut album. Recorded in May 1986, the release would eventually see Light of Day as Abominations of Desolation. It is viewed as a demo album. It's a harsh listen, devoid of David Vincent's vocal and bass playing, not to mention the drumming of longtime Morbid Angel percussionist Peter Sandoval, the sound of the recording leaves a lot to be desired. To be frank, I can understand why Xagtoth regrouped. It's essentially the sound of an artist getting used to the studio environment. Many of the tracks on Abominations of Desolation have been re-recorded and released elsewhere. All that is, except for one, Demon Seed. So why don't we have a listen to that track now? This is Demon Seed, taken from the demo album Abominations of Desolation, recorded in 1986 and released in 1991. The songwriting credit is to Morbid Angel.
1: So where we hang the breeze. Yeah. Burn the cross, blasphemy. Burn the cross, i will bleed. Demon will evil Demon seed, devil will bleed. We cut so sir where we came to yeah, yeah. Feel the rebuff, listen life Feel the rebuff, you'll die Demon's he will be Demon's teeth, bleed We got the whole Where we have the breeze? Yeah!
0: That was Demon's Seed, taken from the demo album Abominations of Desolation, recorded in 1986 and released in 1991. The songwriting is credited to Morbid Angel. In 1987, the Chuck Schuldiner project, aptly titled Death, released Scream Bloody Gore, an album that is considered by many to be the first example of death metal put to a widely available recording. It remains to be confirmed, however I do wonder if the decision to regroup and reform Morbid Angel after the recording of Abominations of Desolation was due to Xagtoth hearing the ferocious album from Shuldina and thinking, game on. To support this theory, there is a widely circulated quote from Xagtoth about the band's nascent debut. He is reported to have said, Back then, I really wanted to destroy everybody. I wanted people to have to work a lot harder after the fans witnessed what we had going on. I wanted to smoke people. I really believed that the bands were challenging each other, trying to outdo each other, and make each other quit. Almost like the rivalries with East Coast and West Coast rappers. I really kind of thought people wanted to write parts that would engulf the whole world. I wanted to get on stage and have people go, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? I wanted to write stuff that would make other bands run and hide. That's not very nice, but it's what drove me. On the 12th of May, 1989, Morbid Angel would release Altars of Madness and the blueprint for Death Metal as we know it today was issued. Featuring the classic lineup of David Vinson on bass and vocals and Peter Sandoval on drums and percussion, Azacktoth was joined on guitar by Richard Brunel. The strength of the album is such that it is one of the most continuously influential albums ever recorded. Azactoth and Brunel's performance was certainly the fastest, most brutal yet still legible guitar recordings to that date. I can only imagine what a first-time listener would have thought back in 1989, given the prevailing musical landscape was dominated by Madonna, Bobby Brown, and Paula Abdul. Alders of Madness was recorded at Morristown Recording Facility, December 1988. It was produced by the band and Digby Pearson, who is the founder of UK-based Earache Records. The album sleeve features classic artwork, designed by Dan Seagrave. According to Seagrave, the image is... More like a flat disc made of a fossil material. It has captured souls. On that note, let's hear two album cuts from Altars of Madness. The first is a personal favourite. The album's fourth track, Maze of Torment, featuring music written by Xactoth and lyrics by Vincent. The second of the two tracks is the album's sixth track, Chapel of Ghouls, featuring music written by Xactoth and lyrics by Xactoth and Mike Browning. Andrew Mackay Smith, and you are listening to Scars and Guitars on 4ZZZ Z Digital. You just heard Maze of Torment, featuring music written by Traig Zagtoth and lyrics by David Vincent. And the second track was Chapel of Ghouls, featuring music by Traig Zagtoth and lyrics by Zagtoth and Mike Browning. Both tracks are from the 1989 Morbid Angel album, Altars of Madness. Azagtoth returned to Morrisan Recording Studio in 1991 with the same Morbid Angel lineup that recorded Altars of Madness. Released in May of the same year, Blessed of the Sick is revolutionary due to the addition of a denser and more brooding songwriting narrative. Some fans were in a bother due to the perception that Azekthoth had produced riffs that were more manageable in the oral sense. In other words, he'd sold out. Repeated listens in fact uncovered a complicated morass of riffs that were every bit as brutal and intense as the debut. If anything, the addition of slower time signatures added a sense of menace that was only hinted at on Altars of Madness. The album artwork is credited to Gilles de Ville. It is an adaptation of a painting by the artist and it is titled Le Trésors de Satan, which translates as The Treasures of Satan. The tour to support Blessed of the Sick would eventually arrive on Australian shores. I was in a band with a drummer who met Richard Brunel and commented that he was down to earth and willing to chat to the fans. I'll now play two tracks from the album. The first is a significant departure for the band, It is a solo composition, and it is actually credited to Brunel. It is the album's 11th track, and it is called Desolate Ways. I love this piece, and I have attempted to play it on the guitar myself. The second track is the title track to the album, featuring music written by Trag Zagtoth and lyrics by David Vincent. You just heard Desolate Ways, performed and written by Richard Brunel, and Blessed of the Sick Leading the Rats, which features music written by Aziktoth and lyrics by David Vincent. Both are from the 1991 Morbid Angel release, Blessed of the Sick. Sometime between touring commitments for Blessed of the Sick concluding and studio commitments for Morbid Angel's third album, Covenant, commencing, Richard Brunel left the band. He was not replaced, at least not immediately. With so many accolades and praise afforded to Aziktoth's guitar work across Morbid Angel's first two albums, one would think that a release to rival, yet alone best those two albums, would be beyond the reach of the man. Covenant was released in June 1993 and has long since been hailed as the greatest death metal recording ever by so many critics. It was released on the major label Warner Brothers through their imprint giant recordings, so it had significant resources available for its promotion. This led to the excellent Tony wilder directed videos for the album cuts Rapture and God of Emptiness. Interview specials on MTV with David Vincent and the Zeitgeist of 1993, a feature on the Mike charger vehicle, Beavis and Butthead. We all remember that, right? My own recollections for the video of God of Emptiness are of a winged demon that is summoned by believers. Toth wields his Ibanez Universe seven-string guitar in an ancient room that one could imagine has been used to provoke images of ancient Sumeria. Vincent's deep voice echoes around a chamber, and Sandoval's percussion drones ominously. Believers twist and turn as they bounce to the band's music. The album artwork accompanying Covenant has long been regarded as a vanguard of appropriate images accompanying a death metal album. The images of various objects used in occult ceremonies, a candle, a quill, a dagger, and a page from a book called The Book of Ceremonial Magic, which is by the man who is credited with popularising the tarot card deck, Arthur Edward Waite. The album cuts were produced by the band and noted Metallica collaborator Fleming Rasmussen at Morrisound Studio. The sound across the album relies on acoustics and instrumentation. Indeed, the album's success is due to a feeling that Azugtoth's guitar sits firmly at the centre of the recording and is indeed the musical focus. I would never say the album sounds raw, however it is an album that sounds like it was recorded live and that is part of its significant charm. I've already played the career-defining God of Emptiness, so let's hear the album's first track, Rapture. The songwriting is credited to Xaghtoth, and then the fifth track from Covenant, Lion's Den, with the songwriting credited to David Vincent. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and you are listening to Scars and Guitars on 4 Z Digital. The first of the two tracks you just heard was called Rapture. The songwriting is credited to Trey Zagtoth and the second track is called Lion's Den. The songwriting on that track is credited to David Vincent, and both are taken from the Morbid Angel recording from 1993, Covenant. Something that is less celebrated about Agtoth are his experimental musical tastes. Covenant contained a cut called Na Mataru, which featured electronic music that sounds a lot like the pulse of a trans-dimensional portal or just plain old computer game music, and every album from here would feature a track or two of music that certainly could never be considered metal or even extreme. The 2003 album, Heretic, contains a track that I considered to be one of my favourite Azoktoth compositions ever, Abyssus. 1994 was the year that saw the release of a collection of songs under the title Lubark Remixes Lubark are a Slovenian group associated with industrial and avant-garde musical genres so it's hardly a surprising collaboration really Let's have a listen to Sworn to the Black Lobak Remix from the Lubark Remixes EP The songwriting is credited to Agzaktoth and Lubark Just heard Sworn to the Black Labarque remix from the Labark Remixes EP. The songwriting credit is issued to Exactoth and Labark. Domination was released in 1995 and, as the follow up to Covenant, continues the theme of albums containing titles that start with an alphabetical sequence. Domination is the final Morbid Angel album to feature David Vincent until the 2011 release, Elude Divinum Insanus. It is also the first to feature guitarist Eric Rutan. Many regard Domination to be the first in a series of lacklustre albums from Agzactoth and Morbid Angel. Personally, I find Domination to be a rightful inclusion as the fourth of five albums overwhelmingly penned by Agzactoth that can and should be considered classic death metal for the ages. So why is it considered lacklustre by so many? The album cover is not the band's finest moment, to be sure. It's as if Agzactoth found a computer graphic program With all of the sophistication that 1995 could muster, it looks like an 8th graders art project with stark hues of green, purple and grey, dominating the band's signature pentagram motif. The sound across the album is bright. I like that. I could hear every nuance to the band's sound and much of the grit of the band's first three releases has been replaced by a cleaner production value. Danzig, Deep Purple and Megadeth collaborator Bill Kennedy produced the album in conjunction with the band. The lead track is called Where the Slime Live and a video of the band performing live was created to accompany the song. Aziktoth's performance is no less stellar or noteworthy on this track indeed across the entire album than any other Morbid Angel album will release. Rutan's contribution was also significant with no less than three songwriting credits. Rutan would go on to form the critically revered Hate Eternal. They are literally one of the only bands that I've had to leave a gig because of the music's sheer intensity. Rutan is better known for his world-class production these days for bands such as Cannibal Corpse, Christian and, ironically, Morbid Angel. Let's hear Where the Slime Live, the second album cut from the 1995 release Domination, with music credited to Traxactoth. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and you are listening to Scars and Guitars on 4ZZZ Z Digital. You just heard Where the Slime Live, which is the second album cut from the 1995 release from Morbid Angel, Domination. The songwriting credit goes to Traggs In 1996, Morbid Angel released the live album Tangled in Chaos, featuring tracks that were taken from the band's first three albums. This was something of a swan song for David Vincent, and it was released the year of his departure from Morbid Angel. 1998's Formulas Fatal to the Flesh is the first album to feature bassist and vocalist Steve Tucker. Steve was a relative unknown prior to his recruitment to replace David Vincent, and it is fair to say he had big shoes to fill. If you've been keeping count, we are now up to Azagtoth's sixth album under the Morbid Angel moniker. For mine, Formulas is one of the greatest guitar hero albums ever recorded. In many ways, Formulas Fatal to the Flesh is almost a solo album from Azagtoth, given he wrote the album after the departure of both David Vincent and Eric Rutan, Steve Tucker provides a brutal death metal vocal that sounds a lot like so many of the Floridian contemporaries of Morbid Angel. David Vincent has always injected plenty of charisma into his performance and in so many ways, Formulas is a better album suited to Tucker's working class technique. Toth wrote the tracks that heave lava. Molten rock cascades through endless depths of a subterranean ocean. One punt of Vengeance to suggest that Formulas Fatal to the Flesh is Morbid Angel's traditional sound dipped in acid, a psychedelic masterpiece of death metal. It's fair to say that it took me many years to appreciate the majesty of Formulas Fatal to the Flesh. Like many, I wasn't too keen on the absence of David Vincent, yet Trag must have sensed this within his audience and took almost total responsibility for the creation of both song lyrics and music. Let's have a listen to the titanic fourth cut from the album, Nothing Is Not. This is one of the heaviest tracks I've ever heard in my life, so it is easily one of my favourite guitar hero tracks ever. The songwriting and lyrics are all credited to Trey Exacto. Was nothing is not from Morbid Angel's fifth studio album Formulas Fatal to the Flesh. The songwriting is credited to Trey Azagthoth. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the album for the New Millennium Gateways to Annihilation contains Azagthoth's weakest efforts. Music is almost wholly subjective, so I can only view the cuts across gateways through the prism of my own experience. That said, the track "Secured Limitations" is a dour affair and it might not have made it out of the rehearsal room on previous albums or in previous incarnations of the band. It is certainly the weakest track ever credited to the genius of Azikthoth, in my opinion. Another track, Opening of the Gates, is a middling affair that never really reaches third gear in a band synonymous with oral interstellar forward thrust. As always, there are some excellent guitar solos across gateways. The fretboard mastery of Summoning Redemption is truly magnificent, Rutan had returned for the album, and his stellar rhythm guitar lays the foundations for Azagtoth's inspired solo on this track. Tucker had been alongside Azagtoth for a few years by now. He is credited with the majority of the lyrics, and his name is against many of the album cuts. With the greatest of respect to Tucker, who is a tremendous performer and musician, his songwriting is very different from David Vincent's, and this is mostly apparent across this album. So let's have a listening to Summoning Redemption. The second track from the 2000 release from Morbid Angel, Gateways to Annihilation. Pay attention to the brilliant guitar solo. All music is credited to Trey Azagthoth, and the lyrics are credited to Steve Tucker. just heard Summoning Redemption, the second track from the 2000 release from Morbid Angel Gateways to Annihilation. All music is credited to Trey Azagthoth, and the lyrics are credited to Steve Tucker. In 2003, the Morbid Angel album Heretic arrived to a critical reception. The album's bone-dry production detracts from what are some of the most memorable riffs that Trey Azagthoth ever recorded. Album cuts cleansed in pestilence, blade of Elohim, beneath the hollow, and the track that accompanied the narration at the beginning of the episode God of Our Divinity are all career-best riffs and arrangements as far as I'm concerned. I recall reading an interview with Steve Tucker soon after the album was released. It was around this time that he left the band until his return, only this year in 2017. I can't find the interview again as I read it way back in 2004, however he was none too pleased with the production and of course the sound of his bass which rivals the inaudible bass sound on Metallica's 1988 offering and Justice for All. I can't help but feel some sympathy for Tucker. He is credited with the album's lyrics and can certainly play the bass guitar, yet he sounds as if he has a passenger on most of the album's cuts. It is around this time that Toth engaged in the modern-day equivalent of radio silence. His bizarre and fidgety appearance on MTV's Headbangers Ball around the release of Heretic, may have hinted that he was far better suited to using the guitar as his voice. I am only speculating here, as when he does speak, he has many profound words to share, so it is a shame that we haven't heard from him in the easily accessible public domain for many years. The first track from Heretic that it will play is Beneath the Hollow, and the second track is the instrumental Eversus. The music on both is credited to Traeg Zagtoth, and the lyrics on Beneath the Hollow are credited to Steve Tucker. The first track that you heard was Beneath the Hollow, and the second track was the instrumental Abusus. The music on both is credited to Trae Exactoth, and the lyrics on Beneath the Hollow are credited to Steve Tucker. So here we are at what is without doubt the most controversial moment in the career of Exactoth. A much lauded return to Morbid Angels' death metal supremacy was expected, as the band's most successful frontman, David Vincent, had returned to the band due to the departure of Steve Tucker. The 2011 release. Elude Divinum, Insanus is a divisive affair. Indeed, many of the album cuts are far removed from death metal. I simply cannot begin to point out how scathing critics and fans were of the album. Needless to say, it was a vicious reception that awaited Dixagtoff, Vincent, and new recruits, drummer Tim Young and guitarist Thor Anders Mirren, a.k.a. Destructor. Now, I happened to enjoy the album and felt that a change of pace was always on the cards. Vincent had been performing in the Genie Torturers with his then wife, and the tone of the band could be summarised as Goth Electro Rock. The cuts, Too Extreme, I Am Morbid, Ten More Dead, Destructos vs. The Earth Attack, and the track with the most profound departure from the band's original sound, Colt, all attracted plenty of the kind of attention the band could probably have done without. Something that was overlooked is that Exactoth never actually sounded better. The guitar tone on Destructos vs. The Earth Attack is the best that he ever sounded in my opinion. I own a copy of the album on vinyl and it receives a regular airing. Speaking objectively, it was always going to be a challenge for Aziktos to introduce new sounds and songwriting when he is credited as the greatest living death metal guitarist. Combine that with the return of David Vinson and many fans simply wanted to return to the glory days of the first three albums. Let's hear Destructos vs. The Earth Attack from the 2011 album *Elude Divinum Insanus*, the songwriting is credited to Trey Azagthoth and David Vincent. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and you are listening to Scars and Guitars on 4 Triple Z Digital. You just heard Destructos vs. the Earth Attack from the 2011 album Elude Divinum Insanus. The next track is called Radicult. As I have already stated, this is one of the tracks that has received very heavy criticism. The lyric that Vincent uses at the song's introduction has been singled out by fans and critics as emblematic of the album's real issues. The lyric actually states, Kill a cult, not kill a cop, as so many have interpreted. Aziktoth's tone on this track, particularly during the opening phrases, is unique to the track and by extension the album. Important to note that Radicult was actually written by David Vincent. His time spent with a diverse array of musicians prior to his re-teaming with Aziktoth has certainly had an influence. So here it is. The most maligned track in the catalogue of Aziktoth's vast library of riffs... Solos and Arrangements, Radicult from the 2011 album Elude Divinum Insanus. You just heard Radicult from the 2011 release "Elude Divinum Insanus," Words and Music by David Vincent. In 2017, Aziktoth is effectively the last man standing in Morbid Angel. The roll call of collaborators and musicians that have shared the stage with Aziktoth is immense. David Vincent, Tim Young, Peter Sandoval, Destructor, Richard Brunel, Steve Tucker and Eric Rutan. All in their own way have contributed to the legacy Azaktoff has created. The classic Morbid Angel lineup of Trag Zaktoff, David Vincent, Peter Sandoval, and I wouldn't be against adding Eric Rutan to that stage, are viewed rightly as one of the most tremendous arrangements of musicians to ever play death metal. Morbid Angel do have a new album that is due to be released in 2017. Steve Tucker is back in the band as I mentioned during the episode, and he's providing vocals and bass playing again. The relatively unknown Scott Fuller and Dan bond are in the band on drums and guitar respectively. A track called Warped has been played a few times live. It is available for viewing on YouTube from the forthcoming album that will certainly start with a K. Why will it start with a K? There was a live album that was released in 2015 called "Juvenilia." Is Warped any good? Does it meet the considerable expectations of Asiktov? I can't play it for you as I don't have the rights to broadcast YouTube recordings. However, I can reveal that it is a slower, brooding number. For me, the jury's still out on that one. Even though Tucker has been quoted in the media stating that the new songs will be straight-up death metal or words to the effect, I'm not sure if I'm feeling it, to be honest. Nevertheless, it is the live arena that Aziktos shines. I have seen his performance a few times in Brisbane, The second occasion was in 2014 when Morbid Angel played Covenant back-to-back. That was a slightly better performance for mine than the one that they put on in 2011 at the same venue in West End. So let's have a listen to three live tracks to close out the episode. All are taken from the 1996 live album Entangled in Chaos. The first track is called Lord of Fevers and Plagues, which is solely credited to Azekthoff. The second track is called Day of Suffering, The music is credited to Aziktoth and the lyrics are credited to David Vincent. The third track is called Blood on My Hands, which is solely credited to Aziktoth. The tracks that you've just listened to are all taken from the 1996 live album from Morbid Angel, Entangled in Chaos. The first track is called Lord of Fevers and Plagues, which is solely credited to Exagtoff. The second track is called Day of Suffering. The music there was credited to Exagtoff, and the lyrics are credited to David Vincent. The third track is Blood on My Hands, which is solely credited to Exagtoff. So there you have it, a retrospective of one of the greatest guitarists that has ever graced the stage. I thought it would be both interesting and different to feature a death metal guitarist after I featured flamenco ace, Paco De Lucia, on the previous episode. I actually see a lot of similarities between De Lucia and Exacto. Both are tremendous guitarists. Both are almost inimitable and both have left a legacy that I believe will be revered through the ages and the generations. The track that you are currently listening to is called Invocation of the Continual One from the 1998 Morbid Angel album Formulas Fatal to the Flesh. The songwriting is credited to Trag Zagtoff. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Join me next week as I dive deep into the career and life of Jaco Pastorius, considered by many to be the greatest bass player ever. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and you have been listening to Scars and Guitars on 4 Z Digital. It's goodbye for now. Listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that Syndicates for the alias Online. My name's Andrew Mackay Smith, and that was a career retrospective of the great Trad Zagtoth from Morbid Angel that originally aired on 4ZZ Z Digital, that's Brisbane Community Radio, on the 15th of August 2017. Hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for listening.